Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we had our live show. And it went so well, Young Me. Yeah, we had it last night. And it did went so it did go very well. And everybody was so great. And we had so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. I, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna play into how I'm feeling currently. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm still I'm still feeling buzzy from our show last night. Just how to get that out there. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we did have our amazing live show, but we're back in the recording studio, aka Brian's bedroom and my bedroom, because we have such an excellent, amazing guest today. We talked to her already. We had a little pre-interview and I got really excited because everything that she was talking about was like really fascinating. And I feel like she has such a fresh approach to a, a topic that I feel like people think that they understand, but I feel like nobody understands as well as our guest. So <laughs> listeners... Please give your ears to Bonafide Internet It Girl, Rachel Wen. Hello. <laughs> How'd I do with that intro? Oh my God. I'm quaking. <laughs> I love it. Yay. What a, what a, um, what an entrance. And I'm like, oh, wow, I got a, I got a lot to step into right now. Big shoes, big shoes. And also this energy of this live show you guys did, which tell me about it. You guys just did a live show and then like hearing immediate feedback is like really fun. Is that, is that what was happening? Yeah, basically. I mean, we were just in, I mean, it's sold out. And so there were, you know, it was a standing room only show and, you know, just doing comedy shows is really great. It's a, it's an art form that is unique in that the feedback is very immediate and you're there well, the, to observe yeah. it and experience so the, it. The live show isn't the podcast recording live. It's just a different entity. So it's like a variety show. It's a game show and we like focus on the audience. So it's not just How like, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's like a fun game show and you know, it's just, it's very actually different than the podcast, right, Brian? Like the energy, it's just like really goofy. Yeah. And, but we do talk Super about fun. our feelings and we talked about what we were ashamed of on stage <laughs> And I did a deep yeah. Korean bow. <laughs> all highlights, all good things. So essentially, our live show is, uh, you know, Rachel, you're, y- you are very proficient and adept at YouTube. So it's like when you load a YouTube video and you get a lot of negative comments, it's the opposite of that experience. So very good. What a rush. <laughs> it's an opposite of negative YouTube comments. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Been there, been been in that position too. It's not fun to not be fun. in. <laughs> the internet is not fun. Rachel Wynn. <laughs> I'm quoting you on that. Oh, well, I actually love the internet. I still love the internet. And I, I want to um, hold my integrity of love for the internet by like protecting it as much as I can in like mm. my own space, mm-hmm. especially as we're all so plugged in now. But um I don't know. It's always been an amazing place for me. And like, of course, there's so many reasons to be like turned off by it or judge it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a special place for me. And a a lot of people, it's just like how you frame your relationship with it. Right, right. Well, Well, I'm sure you can uh, offer up. I'm getting deep already. I'm sorry. No, we love it. That's that's why you're here. That's what we we want. That's what we want. Yeah, that's um, what people want to hear because people think that they know about the internet, but like, who better than to like talk about bonafide it than internet it bonafide girl. In- internet it girl? <laughs> <laughs> but before we talk oh, to boy. you about that, Rachel, Brian, how are you feeling? Spoiler alert: I basically oh. am feeling the same way that I did up top on this episode, and <laughs> I'm gonna keep Four it. I'm gonna keep ago. it short. Yeah, ten seconds ago. Not much has changed since then, <laughs> but uh, to keep it short and sweet, I am. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very, very happy and I'm very, very proud of us, young me, because, mm. you know, we did our live show at the Bell House in Brooklyn. And I remember when I first started doing comedy, I'd seen so many great comedians on that stage before. Like mm, I'd seen mm-hmm. like Nathan Fielder do a sold out show mm. there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I always like had this dream of performing there one day. Just like, oh, it'd be mm. so great to be able to do just to be able to perform on that stage where like mm. so many other comedians wow. I looked up to had performed before. And um I'm really proud that I was able to accomplish that dream slash goal. But 
uh, I'm especially proud of us because we were able to do it on our own terms. And we we did it because we fucking sold out our own live show. And there's nothing better than that. And the energy was incredible. And I just want to thank all of the listeners who came out to support us at the live show. And uh, yeah, overall, I'm just I'm just very, very happy and very, very proud of us. So that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I, how about you, young me? <laughs> Oh, very similar. I feel like um, you know, it it was it's a it's a big I, I, I like struggle. I feel like when people see the show, they don't understand before they go there what it is. And so I, I have a hard time when people are like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see your show and then like at the end they're like, What the what the fuck? That was so fucking amazing. I'm like my mind is blown and I'm like yeah, I've been telling you it's fucking good. Like, why did you, you know what I mean? It's almost like it has this right. weird feeling and it's like, it's hard to like absorb that in a positive way. Like people, a lot of people come up to me and say like, that's like the only comedy show that I ever enjoyed. Cause you know, you go to stand up shows and it's just like people talking at you and you're sitting still. Sure. And this is a very different show. It's like everyone's running around and like, you got to like touch stuff with your butt and you, you know what I mean? Like drink last night, somebody drank a cup of hot dog water. And yeah. I don't know why we were, we didn't force her to, she chose to, and she's a real well, one the for audience that. chose on she, behalf of her. So yeah. shout out, <laughs> shout out to Mina. <laughs> shout out to Mina. We, I don't know. <laughs> she had a choice. Um, and it's just like, it's fun. And, um, you know, I was thinking I was talking to my therapist actually about the show and I was like, I really love it and I can't really put my finger on why. And she was like, it's because she was like, I think it's because like COVID made us so fucking depressed because there's so many rules and so many restrictions. And I was telling her, like, I don't want to do stand up anymore. I don't want to see stand up shows anymore. And I don't know why. And she was like, well, it's rigid. There's so many rules. It's like this happens. This happens. This happens. You can't stand up. You have to blah, 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 whatever. And this show just see, seems like people just like fucking farting and whatever and running around and it doesn't make any sense and it's chaotic. And I was like, that's yeah. literally exactly it. Like literally like all I want to do now is fucking be weird and stupid and like play limbo with a bunch of Asian people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And celebrate yeah. like just being fucking Asian and not have not and I was talking to somebody after the show about this. I was like, this is so nice that we have this Asian thing where it's not, we're now going to have discourse about how they're, you know, people are getting punched in the streets. Like, yes, that's important to talk about, but like, right. we don't always have to fucking be sitting there sad about it and like write poems about like our cranes and like fucking cherry blossoms or whatever, you know, right, like that's right, like important, right. but like we also just need to have fun and like not be sad. And I feel like this is yeah. what it is, you know, it's just happy light energy. And in the midst of that, in the show, I, I, a lot of times feel, I, I get like teary eyed cause it's like, sorry, now I'm getting emotional. Um, it's like, I'll like look out into the audience and there'll be just like a bunch of Asian people like fucking having fun, you know? And it's just like, we're yeah. just like, we're not like worried about whatever. And it's like, it, that's the part of it that feels really magical to me. And I'm just so, yeah, like, like how you feel, Brian, I'm so thankful and grateful for the people that like support us and show up. And I'm so happy that, um, we get like the honor to make a space for that, for other people. Asian people to just have fun with each other and not have to think about things, you know? That's like yeah, what comedy absolutely. is, you know? <laughs> things are shitty and you go to a show and you fucking laugh with your friends and you get yeah. drunk and that's it. The vibes are great, right? Nobody was, great. everyone was so <laughs> nice. Everyone was so cool. No one gives a shit about anything. It's And it, it just felt really great. But that's how I feel. It's a lot of emotions. It was very roller coastery, but. Oh. <laughs> Well, I think you said yeah. it beautifully, young me. Thanks, Brian. How about you, Rachel? How are you feeling? Well, now I'm feeling really like touched that I get to walk into this space that you guys have like are caring into and and sustaining that. And I just feel an honor to be here, honestly. I'm also um, full of nootropics right now. So because I wanted to make sure my brain was sharp. <laughs> I just like went in my my medicine cabinet. I was like, what can I take right now? I'm like, nootrofocus and like focus, 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 CBD. Oh my God. <laughs> like, just like a bunch of stuff. Well, we're <laughs> so honored great. to have you here. It's such an honor to speak to all these wonderful Asian people. So wait, what's new? What was it? Nootro what? Nootropics. Vocal? Nootropics? Nootropics. What are those? Yeah, nootropics. Let me... I'm, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I use words wrong 
all the time. I understand. Like there's supplements, right? That are they are supplements. I want to get the right words. Okay. Yeah. Um, Drugs, supplements, and other substances that are claimed to improve cognitive function, particularly executive functions, attention, memory, creativity. Lots of like um, nootropics come from like like mushrooms and stuff. Ooh. And so like other weird things who, who I don't even know, but I'm like nootropics. I love them. I feel great when I take them. Wow. Thank you for so, doing so you're that. you're feeling you're tapped. Gonna... Thank you for doing that. You're tapped. <laughs> you're in the tapped. matrix I'm right now. <laughs> oh, plug. I'm plugged in, sweeties. Like I'm here. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, that's really cool that I, I like truly, it's cool that not only you is create physical spaces for that, but digital spaces and conversations that like yeah are not always so heady and because like life is heavy and like it is the the journey of like being and navigating and unlearning immigrant uh things in america is like heavy and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just nice to not just take things so seriously and it also means that like laughing doesn't mean that like Laughing's a superpower. Laughing, it being is. able to laugh in the face of adversity is incredible. Yeah. And I think very often people are like, if you're laughing, it's that means you're not taking it serious enough. I'm mm. like, bitch, get off my case. I am more powerful <laughs> than in this because I'm able to laugh a little bit and I'm not like sulking in like unproductive feelings. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I agree. And like <laughs> laughing is, a, is like how people process... Um, trauma and hardship at times like i i don't know if that's what you're saying rachel but sometimes when things go wrong with me i like my brain just naturally starts to make jokes and stuff and i feel like it's like trying to soothe itself you know what i mean totally yeah Yeah. it makes sense yeah let's go i'm all about it you know (laughs) i used to i I used to theorize (laughs) that in a post-apocalyptic world i would have no value add as a comedian but thanks to your words Rachel. now i've now i'm like you know what i have value laughter hell yeah hell yeah i am not gonna get killed off immediately if it was a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> no i think you guys said it we actually need this so bad right now like post panda like we're still like we're still shedding like a lot of the you know what lockdown did what like ev- what so much of the pandemic did for us I mean, it was a truly a big domino effect, which we don't even need to go into like that unboxing. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a lot. <sighs> uh, well, can we take a breath together? Let's yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Let's How just like, do that. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll ca- I'll count it in. We'll do um, a six count breath okay. where breathe in for six, hold for six, breathe out for six, and I'll just get us all on the same page. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, on, uh, get ready for a nice big inhale in three, two, one for one, two, three, four, five, six. Hold. Exhale slowly through the nose for six, five, four, three, two, one. Hold. One more inhale for six, two, three, four, five, six. And then big exhale through the mouth. Let it go. <sighs> and I hope the listeners did that with us now. Oh my God. I feel so much wow. better already. This that is was excellent. Yeah, now we're really vibing. Asian hey. first. That was excellent. We should do that every episode. <laughs> we're plugged in. <laughs> we're we'll super cre- plugged in now. We'll, pl- we'll credit Rachel when every time we do it, though, because this yeah. is her trademark. No, no, no. <laughs> so, Rachel, before we start with the questions, I want to ask you about your apartment, because if you're watching YouTube, you can see it's so pretty. I, I want to talk about your fry pan. <laughs> is that a Le Creuset baby pink fry the pan? pink yeah. one? Oh, my God, <gasps> yes. Wow. Um, that was a That was a Christmas gift for my mom maybe like four or five nice. years ago, and... What a, what a great, great gift. gift. I really love that thing. You know what's funny? Great I gift. also got a pink Lake as a gift, and I've had it for five years. I did not know you could burn it and break it. <laughs> Whoops. I oh, ruined mine. They're oh. like indestructible. Oh, they, I did. I mean, like, mine's so fucked up. So, I mean, oh, but, no, right, but Young Me destructed hers. I though. did it. Wait, I how did, did it, everyone? Like, full on, like, you can't <laughs> use yeah, it. Yeah, the bottom started cracking off. Um, so I was steaming fucking like an Asian steaming dumplings 
and I left it. It was on high, and I didn't leave it that long, but the entire bottom was like burnt black. And then I went to wash it, and all the enamel cracked off. So Le Creuset, holy shit! I did it. <laughs> you thought, you thought, but I, I can destroy your products, <laughs> dude. I would be emailing PR. Right, right away, being like, "Excuse me, is this supposed to happen? Because I need a new one. Because this is not this is not user error." And it error. was like lifetime warranty. <laughs> so I googled it, and they're like, "They won't replace that." Like that's the one thing because they're like, "You <sighs> fucked it up." I'm like, "Bro, really?" Just everyone. Oh my god. Well, maybe this podcast episode will allow them to be like, "Wait, wait, wait! Damage control." <laughs> oh, absolutely. This is <laughs> get, go viral. Send you a new one. <laughs> Le Creuset stuff. This is yeah. Le Creuset socks gonna plummet. This is basically whatever happened to Peloton in the Sex and the City reboot is what's going to happen to Le Creuset on this podcast wow. right now. Oh, boy. The Let's power. <laughs> um, well, Rachel, thank you for, you know, leading, kicking us off with a wonderful breath exercise and for joining us on the podcast. But, you know, we, let's dive into this discussion. This is what Young Me and I want to know about you. You've always been an early adopter of internet trends and have shared many aspects of your life with the internet since the age of 17. Mm. And whether it's been in the form of blogging and then YouTube and other new media platforms like Slack, how has your relationship with the internet changed in recent times? Oh, man. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, truly, it's ever-evolving, the the entity itself. So of course my relationship with it has to change too. Um, because we're both, we're both different peoples. Right. And, sure. a, and then to have a good relationship with another entity, you have to kind of evolve with it. And like, even before like sort of the more fashion realm, I was like, my relationship started with like Neopets and mm. like pixel art. And like my first website was called like cineyum.org where I like traded pixel art with other pixel artists and like made banners. And then, um, then I went into like Zanga and then, and then that's when I started blogger, which mm. is what I have, which is what that chic started under. Yeah. And I mean, we've changed so much since the mm -hmm. pandemic including the internet and how people use it. So I am, I, I haven't quite found the words in like a strong enough structure to like really articulate my relationship with it now, but uh, it's definitely moving forward in a way that feels less codependent mm. Mm. Um, because I was a bit more codependent on it. And then it's funny, in my codependency, I created um, Ward, which is an online Slack community because I really missed online forums. And before I started that chic, a big part of like my sartorial curiosity was satiated through like forums, like the fashion mm -hmm. spot. Right. Um, and even when I was doing pixel art, there were forums about pixel art and I was in them, but there was it was like the first time as like a... 12, 13 year old that I was exposed to like, um, bigger conversations happening outside of a circle that I'm immediately available to access, mm -hmm. mm. access. Um, so it was like the first time that like, I don't know, someone on the internet was like, yeah, wash your poo nanny all the time. And I like learned that when I was 12 wow. and I was like, <laughs> no one would tell me that. Like my mom's not telling me that. So it's right. like, I remember like absorbing pieces of information. I was like, holy shit, the internet's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I can learn so much on this. You know, now it's not uncommon for everyone, every, every, the younger generation to just document almost every minute of their life mm. and just throw it up on the internet. It's like, it's not precious anymore. They don't have to like, it's like Instagram story. Here's my life. This is what I'm going on. This is where I am at. Like, let's just throw it up. But, you know, when you started that chic and uh, on blogger that I don't think that type of uh, relationship with the internet was as common. Mm. And were you, and you know, I feel that you, did you know at that time that that's where the internet was headed or like did people think it was strange at first that you were sharing so many facets oh, of your life I with the internet? I was so embarrassed. Mm. Like I remember starting that chic in high school and like I remember my and my best friend who I'm still best friends with today yeah. could like attest for this and be like wow Rachel started a blog and it was so fucking weird huh. and she like kept it a secret <laughs> and it was it was true like if you were using the internet in a really earnest mm -hmm. way 
back in the day, you were mm. uncool. Yeah. Like if you are succeeding and earnestly good on the internet yeah. now, you're right. popular. Mm. It's really fucking weird. So I mean, the, and the only reason I was like able to get on the internet and like do it well was because I didn't have another outlet. Like my parents were super strict, mm. like didn't let me, they truly like, my dad was just so confused at the concept of right. friendship. Cause he himself doesn't really have friends. Mm. So it's like, what you want to go to the mall with a, per- why wouldn't you just do that with us? I'll take you to the mall. No, no, no. You don't need right. to see your friends. Like I'll take you to the mall. Right. So it's like growing up with that and then like being like, well, fuck, I'm so extroverted. Mm. I am an extroverted right. person. And I've like really come to terms with that in my adult yeah. years. I'm like, oh yeah, that's so like, no wonder I went to the internet because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it was my metaverse. Yeah. It was like this place that I could plug in and be like, oh, I could talk to you and you and I could have different conversations simultaneously with five different people. And I yeah. loved it. Mm. I loved it. Played World of mm-hmm. Warcraft, had two level 60s. And I was like, just loved being an internet right. ho mm-hmm. on there. So there was like one part of me. And then I like being the little fashion ho. And then I like being like geeking out and like learning about things on forums. Um, yeah, it's always been an amazing tool. So I like to think that... Um, I mean, we're all kind of growing up yeah, on the internet, but sure. I like to think that I grew up alongside mm-hmm. the internet, like right. where we were both yeah. like finding our footing mm-hmm. into like adulthood. Yeah. And, you know. So, you know, what's yeah. like really fascinating about what you said? I, I feel like the number one thing is I think a lot of us even, you know, I'm 37 and I started using the internet as like a 12 year old and I grew up up with the internet and I wasn't as online as some of my peers but it was a big part of my like like social interaction like what you said what you learned from the internet and it like did do it like helped raise me in a lot of ways and I think that's like a fascinating thing that a lot of people don't really think about do you know what I mean it's such a big part like nowadays like what your punat your punat totally. story like nowadays like all these kids <laughs> are learning everything from the internet and it's like obviously a lot of it's good a lot of it's very good like my son like knows all this random information and I'm like how did you and he just like saw like a video and now he knows that and it'll be like super random stuff that we would never know as a kid like when you bake muffins you need to put this much bait like you know what I mean like if you put this in then it won't work like things like that and I'm like oh that's like so cool but I think that acknowledgement of how much it had uh the internet played a role in shaping us right like parenting us in a way I mean still to this day like I think TikTok has been like one of the most amazing platforms that like really has come up and like um it's I mean like People can really quickly judge TikTok because it does can it can very seemingly be in a very toxic environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think that the screen, this like black mirror that we're both, we're all all three of us are all looking at right now, is a gen. It's a, it's a reflection yeah. of us. It's mm-hmm. a reflection of like what we see, what we're interested in, what we're curious by. And I think that um, like the four you, I think algorithms have such a bad rap. But it's like, oh. no, like have a good relationship with your algorithm, train it to show you the things that you want and have it be a reflection of your curiosity so that you can further like explore different things and that you're not like going into algorithm yeah. world with like zero intention and just letting things wash over you. But like, like I love TikTok because every time I go on it, I'm like, hell yeah, I know how to cook that. And, and then I'm absorbing so much information that like, I'm essentially subconsciously developing all these tools that I don't even know I need. But then like the time I show up in the kitchen, I love to cook now because the pandemic made us all cook. It's like all this information I know just suddenly has made me an intuitive cooker. Yeah. Mm. Being able to talk to people online, suddenly I'm much more intuitive about it because I suddenly have like absorbed all this language that has brought words to the things I'm trying right. to feel because language has accelerated so yeah. fast because mm. of like fast by internet mm-hmm. content, um, even like relationship advice. So Interesting. I don't know. I like, I, I lo- again, this is me like exploring things that people are easily judgmental yeah. of yeah. and breaking down stigmas and being like well what is what is my relationship with it how do I feel about it not what someone's telling me how to feel but like what do 
what do I want out mm-hmm. of this? Because it's not going it's away. Not. Mm. And I definitely want to feel like I'm understanding of the world around me. And I, I think maybe there's a part of me for sure that feels afraid to be like, um, to be disconnected from like the world mm-hmm. at large. Mm. So it's like, if this is going to continue to be a part mm. of our lives, how do I have a really productive, healthy relationship with it that I'm not right. judging? Because Interesting. there's there's two different spectrums. There's people who really judge it and there's people who are so plugged in but are like deeply unconscious mm. about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your perspective on this because I would put myself in the other camp as you. And I, I've talked about on this podcast before how uh, the reason my dislike for algorithms is that Let's like TikTok, for instance, I feel like it has a way of flattening the internet experience so that on a global scale, everyone's sort of consuming the same types of information. Mm. And I really related to your early usage of the internet because growing up in Texas, I was a high school kid and I was really into fashion, but Mm -hmm. everyone made fun of me because it was quote unquote, like very gay to be into fashion at that age. But then I would find like a blog like, oh, wait, there's this danish architecture student with a fashion blog like he's cool like see they exist but i feel that's more it's more rare that i have those types of like experiences in the on the internet in 2022 where Mm. like i find like unique pockets that i can really deeply relate to because now like i feel like the algorithm has outsmarted me oh really like it's beaten me to the punch yeah i have the opposite i have the i I feel like my algorithm is so like fitted for me where it's like, um, I thought you were going to say that the issue with the algorithm is that people live in their little bubbles now and they don't see anything besides that. Because I, I also feel think like that is, is so that fit, is That's so also, a, an, 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 yeah. I think that's true too. Yeah. But that's a good point but, about the early I don't know, maybe internet. I'm just not conscious about it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think that like um, there is possibility for that early internet feeling to come mm-hmm. back. Sure. I definitely think TikTok honors that in a lot of ways because uh, there's so like it's a space where um, and I don't post anything on TikTok. People ask me, like, do I TikTok? I'm like, I will scroll through and like I love consuming, but I I have yet to like think about if I want to participate in it. Yeah. But it it is. Yes, you do. You do hip hop bubbles for sure of like feeling like you're in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where it's it's nice to have the mindfulness to be like, okay, questioning what you consume. It's almost like we consume so much and it's like taking a break and being like, what did I learn mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. And like, what did I watch that like really impacted me? And like, I actually like was having a conversation with my friends who like, we just like talk about TikTok all day long. I have like one group of friends that like I talk about TikTok with. And one of them actually works at TikTok. And then she was saying something like, well, what if like we all just took a pause and was like, what did I consume today? We're learning a lot right now. So like, how do you have um, comprehension of the things that you consume so that it doesn't feel mind- mm-hmm. mindless? Because you're, 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 you're training your brain to sort of have, um, to put um, action to it. Or she used a different word, I'm forgetting. No, but that makes sense. I'm going to think. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, you strike me as someone who is very mindful and very sincere. And I find that um, those qualities like very refreshing in this day and age, especially for people who are very internet savvy, because I feel that the internet now, just the general sentiment and people who are very online, sincerity isn't valued that much anymore. Like that's why we have things mm-hmm. called like shit posting. And like, there's so much like so many like irony memes and people are like inherently very cynical. Like how does that all sit with you and like the type of content that you like to produce and your type of consumption with the internet? Mm-hmm. And have you noticed this as well in your personal like relationship with the internet? Oh, oh my God. There's just so much to say about this. Mm-hmm. I mean like, okay, just to give perspective, it's like, um, once fashion blogging really became a big yeah. thing, the cool thing to do was take your outfit photos. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the cool thing to do after that was elevate your outfit photos, take them with like a nicer mm-hmm. camera as the industry kept getting mm-hmm. bigger, as people start pumping money and brands start pumping money into being like, oh, fashion bloggers, they wear clothes, they take photos of it. Let's uh, give them clothes. Yeah. Oh, suddenly let's pay to mm-hmm. give them clothes. Um, and then... I, a big chunk of like my 
coming of age with the mm-hmm. internet and internet coming of age was this heavy self manufactured documentation mm. that started to feel very fabricated. Mm-hmm. So mm. I'm almost seeing like the evolution of how these different platforms have played and evolved with each other. So like there's, there's individual mm-hmm. blogging, you're on a website, you go to that website to consume this one person. Mm-hmm. Then Instagram became a platform where you were able to consume a bunch of, subscribe to a bunch of different people, see it on one feed. And that was very cool right. and new and refreshing. Right. But that, that mindset of like seven years of doing that created this mentality of like, I need to produce pretty photos and manicure myself because fashion at the time was like, you know, cool, skinny bitches who were like wore really high end clothes that you couldn't afford. And it was like this performance into this, like, uh, I don't know, fashion maven, which is so chuggy now, right? Like it's so chuggy to like even do that. (laughs) Right. Um, but I see people who I've kind of grown up in that industry with who are still doing that and then complain about the Mm -hmm. algorithm not working in their favor. I'm like, but are you evolving? Are you Mm. evolving your content? Are you, you're still, you're still practicing the, the creation and creativity that you were doing 10, seven years ago, 10 years ago, after seven years to demand the attention, consistent attention is something that really fucks mm-hmm. with your brain. Yep. Yeah. Right. And if you're not mindful and aware of that to check yeah. yourself, you can easily fall down that rabbit hole. So I'm seeing mm-hmm. that cyclicate all over mm-hmm. again in TikTok, yep. where you see someone who who like who it like a trend. posts a really yeah. funny video. And they keep to hits yeah, yeah. a trend and over they go, and Holy shit, I am being rewarded for this mm-hmm. behavior. Therefore, I might keep oh doing God. it. And it is really yeah. sincere and it is authentic because they're just for the first time mm. being themselves and getting this like beautiful reaction out of it. But with every sort of like feedback that you get good and bad, you have, it's all detrimental. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All of it is detrimental, but people go good. Feedback is good. I'm going to internalize mm-hmm. that. Right. But the second bad feedback mm-hmm. comes, they don't know how to, how mm-hmm. to deal with that because mm. they've accepted all feedback as completely detrimental. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening, and I'm seeing this, oh, with blogging and then Instagram, and yeah, now I'm really yeah. seeing this with TikTok. It's so, car- it's like a mm-hmm, cartoon mm-hmm. Yeah. of like seeing how this is evolving, yeah. but like, yeah, this person hits a trend. Now they're performing into this. What happens mm-hmm. is, and they're not, they don't know this yet. What happens is they're going to become a caricature yep. of themselves. Right. And then all of a sudden they're going to, their longevity for like interest and attention pans out and then they go well where's my audience and like this isn't new either yeah Yeah, where's my audience this isn't new either this is why like child actors from like way back when when it was like really toxic environment right why they have those things so it's like it's all aligned of like what attention really does Mm -hmm. and how fucks up with your head like these child actors Mm. so like now these tiktok stars and like literally every like platform in between has created like derivatives of this, this like problem. Um, the thing, problem that's, that's problem. now like uh, accelerated. You know, the thing about the TikTok star and yes. like how you're relating it to child stars, I totally understand what you mean. And I feel so bad because, you know, I'm a, I mean, I'm like a professional comedian and then I have this TikTok presence to sort of like supplement that like real career that I'm going after. Right. And there are a lot of people yeah. that are just like living in the suburbs, doing a TikTok account and a video blows up and it's funny and they're like funny. And then they're caught in like what you explained, like the cycle of doing it over and over and over again to get like more followers. And then they have like, some of them have like millions of followers, but then it's like, there's nothing market or nothing to do with that after that. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I see a lot of these people get like caught and lot, like I'll see somebody on TikTok did a funny video and it's just somebody living in you know like idaho and then they and they kept doing it like for a year and they have five million followers but they're not a comedian there's like and there's no nothing to go with there's no career besides the internet and there are people that are actually just internet comedians that have a full-blown very successful solid career from that but they're like uh their persona is like completely uh what's it called like uh 
solidified. It's not just like a, I said one thing and I'm going to do it every day for te- for <laughs> 10 months. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it seems like a very confusing place for a lot of people to live. And I really like that child actor analogy because, you know, we have heard this very ancient story of like the 1980s <laughs> child actor and he's like, that's me. Like he has this little catchphrase like, that's me. <laughs> and then he just keeps going, that's me. And now he's like 35 and you're like, oh my God, this is so sad. And he's like, that's me. You know, like, and you're like, oh my God, please, please get another thing. <laughs> uh, I've definitely seen, I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up. It sounds like you've reached, uh, for lack of a better term, like some sort of nirvana with your relation to the internet because, <laughs> you know, you very much like, no, like I know it's so like You have a corny deep, deep understanding for sure. Yeah, like, I say nirvana in the sense that, you know, you were in the rat race of the whole, like, internet cycle and, like, you know, posting and blogging and making sure you were getting, like, lots of engagement with your posts. But then now, like, you've, it's like now you have this full overview and can predict patterns and see, understand the cyclical nature of the internet. So going forward, I guess, like, do you have, like, what are some are there do you have any projects with like that are in relation to the internet that you're currently excited about or yeah uh i think i'm still like um uh allowing myself to be curious about it because uh i feel like what you just articulated which is very generous and thank you for saying that and seeing me um this reflection of the internet I I think I'm just finally putting words to it. And I think like definitely having these conversations helps me prompt a little bit more of like what I'm feeling. And probably I'll listen to this podcast episode a few times just to remind myself these like things I'm just blurting out because I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm not like thinking about what I'm saying. Right. Um, So, and that's how I approach a lot of things is like, I just do things without attaching myself to Mm. an outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and like lately it's been like, you know what? Like I, I love videos, but I burnt out on it because, um, I started performing into an expectation of how people wanted to view me. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm like, okay, I want to, I'm going to approach videos mm-hmm. differently. I'm going to like, I'm going to edit things in a really weird way that I just like, and I'm going to call it somatic editing. That's what I had to call it to myself for me to get into that zone of mm. how to edit. Right. Um, I have an online course. My friend Puno, who runs I Love Creatives, was like, how do you make videos? And I just started, you know, exactly what I did here, just started blurbing. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we got to package mm. that. We got to package that. This is like such a great like tool for people to like um, to t- to take on and like make their own, which yeah. we have an online course now. So like we did... Um, we did one, we did a digital retreat. We do two a year where we like have students who take this course and it's called the video creation yeah. course. Okay. Nice. Or slash creative process. It's essentially my creative mm-hmm. process. Right. And, um, uh, after we did a digital retreat, which was the first time we exposed the course, we did it for six weeks. Students logged in with us. Um, and I went through my creative process. I walked through how I made a video with them and ultimately, I, I talk to the students about intentionality. Mm. Why are you creating? What are you making? What mm. are you, don't, don't make things to make things cool. Make things because it's an expression. Mm. Express mm-hmm. first. Anything else is a beautiful byproduct yeah. of that. Um, and then after that, I was like, and seeing what the students were making, I was like, holy fuck. Like, being a teacher is so rewarding and like to call myself a teacher is a very generous term. I, don't I wouldn't think so. necessarily call no, myself I, that. I, I think that's but, very accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, but like being a part of someone's journey of like self discovery mm-hmm. and like kind of being like, these are things that I've learned yeah. along the way. And like, you like my videos. Well, this is why you might like the videos. It's because this, this is what I was thinking of when I made this video. Maybe that's why you're connecting to yeah. that like little seed I planted that's not very loud, but it's mm-hmm. there. Mm. And, it, and it creates this like understanding of intentionality to end product to like how it is, how it lands mm. on a person. 
Um, so that's something I really like too. I don't know if I totally went off tangent no. there, but I'm going to take a pause. I, no, I, re- <laughs> no, I really but- like how you express um, these things like about creating videos for the internet and um, <clears throat> these ways that make a lot of sense, uh, just big picture. Like you're saying, oh, when you're creating something, it should come from a place of what you want to create instead of how you want it to be consumed. And I think that applies to any art. Not, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, not just the internet. So I think that's a great lesson to teach. We're going to see more of this going forward. Hopefully. Where it, there, there's going to be so many more classes in this vein where people are going to sign up for workshops and seminars on how to become better or just like more authentic internet uh, and get like creators mm-hmm. because it's it's unavoidable <laughs> like every it it, per, it, per, it permeates every facet of society like and in business and mm. everyone in essence like has a relationship to the internet in some way shape or form um and who knows maybe in the future it's like gonna be everyone because it's not like i see doctors totally. on tiktok yeah, now it is everyone already i think they create these personas to like leverage their business you know yeah and i think there's really nothing wrong no, with that yeah. and um I think it's it's a beautiful way that like how we are sharing ourselves is evolving and I think storytelling is extremely important um because without storytelling we don't feel diversity yeah. mm. and um storytelling allows diversity. The problem that most people judge is the intentionality. Mm. That's where it gets really convoluted. That's where it gets muddy because you're like what are you doing? What's the agency mm. here? And that's why I try to break. And that's what makes an authentic creator. It's like someone who's mm-hmm. just making things mm-hmm. for themselves and thinking for yeah. themselves. But I mean, to your point, yeah. Like, <clears throat> um, actually, I just worked on a consulting gig like uh, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can say the brand, but it's a sure. um, it's a very big brand. And I think we all, uh, everybody who's even listening. Definitely has owned. It's a Lake piece of this brand at some point. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Maybe. <I'm just> <laughs> This brand essentially like hired me on as a consultant to help their uh, their onboarding talents to be faces of the brand to like tell brand mm-hmm. stories in their own way. Mm. And I was hired to help them do it authentically. Mm. To 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 mm. talk to each of these personalities and be like, get a little bit of understanding of their story and being like okay, like this is maybe like this is how you can share this in this way. Like maybe if you want to film it grab the camcorder and just leave it there. Let, let your, let your camera be an ambient eye to your existence. Do not acknowledge the camera and just like, see how that feels. So like I was kind of coaching people on how to like approach self-documentation in an authentic way. So, I mean, like you said, like there's definitely room for that in the near future. I (laughs) such a weird job. I I did. It's like, no, that sounds awesome though. It's so cool. But, um, the interesting thing about you and like, I think what you are recognizing that people are just some people are just not understanding is like you're like hey to like make a successful post online or be successful online you're just like tapping into like yourself and you can't really fake that because I feel like the thing is I hear a lot of people that um, talk about the internet uh, like uh, strategically they're like how do I get a hundred thousand followers what do I have to do do I have to make a this video or a dance and it's like no, because that doesn't make sense for you. And they're they're very they're trying so hard to gain this following online, and and they're not understanding that it is in a way like you're not to make it sound bad, and I don't mean this in a bad way. You're selling like an image, and people are gonna understand if that image is like phony. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like you can't just tr- you can't yeah you can't, yeah trick people into. F- uh, following you, you know, you can't like scam. You can, but it's Damn. just not gonna feel like. <laughs> you have to go so hard on me, <laughs> no, Holy stop. shit, Brian! Stop! You're not. You're the, I feel like you're the opposite of Brian's. Just like I'm gonna post a picture, and this is me. Like, <laughs> there's beauty to that. We, we love that. In yeah, this we house. love that, Brian. <laughs> well, Rachel, thanks for giving us a little crash course 101 on how to be our best authentic selves on the internet. I have Woo! so many notes, so. <laughs> Listeners, remember, there's this is the pre-Rachel Wen era and the post-Rachel and Wen era of myself on social media. And there's going to be oh, a stark wow. difference. Mark's Brian's. <laughs> um, what an honor. <laughs> um, but Rachel, uh, you know, let's uh, we're going to dive into the next section of our podcast. And what uh, we want to know is what is something you're loving right now? 
Uh, gosh, what am I loving? I know you, <laughs> you guys sent all these questions ahead of time. And like, I thought about like writing out my answers and then I was like, no, I'm just going to no, like good. wing it. No, good. We love that. I'm going to take some nootropics and, now- and wing it. <laughs> I'm plugged in, baby. <laughs> I'm plugged in. What do I love right now? Um, I love psychedelics. <gasps> yes, me too. Ooh. I'm loving, uh, um, oh my God. I mean, it's so hard to articulate what I'm loving right now because it is such a big feeling that I have, but like, oh God, I'm going to sound like such a simp right now, but I'm just going to go for it. Like the thing that like I love so much right now is being in this partnership that I've been in for a year and it's been like truly one of the most evolving experiences of my life. And I, I, I'm, I'm really careful to talk about my mm. love life yeah. publicly, mm. but I'm approaching this conversation as this part of my life is truly an experience. It's one of the most beautiful experiences to have when you are able to trust somebody so vulnerably mm-hmm. and know that and like get to know each other at the quickest speed with like such ease. And that's something I'm loving right now. And I, I think I have so daily, weekly, monthly, these like epiphanies of just how to exist with another person, how to exist in the world Mm. just because these conversations that him and I have, and it's just something Mm. I love right now. It's, it's being, I love having, um, I love having someone to challenge Mm. my thoughts and feed into it and support curiosities and therefore has made me an even more curious person. And for that has filtered out my lens of the world completely of like who are the curious heads Mm. and meeting curious heads and suddenly when your world when you see things through a different lens what what comes to you is completely rewarding the 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 better you're 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 able to um i don't know i guess kind of decipher things that are coming at you because there's so much things there's things coming at you all day long. You're marketed to all the time. Like people want things from you. Um, people mm-hmm. are telling you how to do things. People are telling you how mm-hmm. to feel and being able to discern through that because your lens is so strong, especially because you have somebody to soundboard mm. that off with is one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had. It like, I don't know. That's what I love right now. You love <laughs> being in love. I love yeah. love. <laughs> what a and great I, answer. I love love. I love that's I love the answer. world right now and I love sharpening my curiosity. That's what I love. That's so great. That's yeah, like such a positive feel. Like that's <laughs> a, such a great answer. I feel like people have taken that question very lightly and I, we just got like a real deep one. I love it. I love it. Ooh. And I love you know, you know what I I'm just so I deep love right it. Now. No, I, you know what I like how you said how you said that your partner is challenging you. I think that is a very interesting trait to um be happy about in a partner because like that's like something that you don't really hear that much, right? But that's like you love that about this person. Oh my gosh, yes. Like even when I told him I was like I'm going to be on this, I'm going to go on a podcast. He's like think about how you want people to think about you. Just think about that. And he's like, and just like, that will give you leverage to um, feel confident in what you're talking about. And I was like, okay. Mm. And that was a challenge for me. And I, I sat in that challenge for a couple of days and I was like, okay, I feel good now, you know? But it, it, that was like my homework for this. You get, you're Aww. like, I like that my partner gives me homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, I've never actually said homework, so he might be listening to this and be like, "That wasn't really homework." But <laughs> sure. no, that's like no, I, no. I just, I really think that's an interesting um, way that you, because you know, like there are different reasons why people like different. There are different romantic partners, and that's like a very interesting thing. Like sure. for you, that's like a big part of why you're so like in love with this person, and that I think that's like really great, and it's like really interesting to hear that. I like in a partner somebody that just doesn't say anything ever, and then just carries all the heavy stuff you know opens all the jars and then just shut, shut stuff that is up really nice forever. too that, that, <laughs> which yeah. is so funny because i had that as like a joke for a while and then one day my mom was like you know what's the best kind of man 
when they don't talk and they carry the heavy things. And I was like, that's my joke, mom. Like, what? <laughs> it's the opposite of my dad. <laughs> um, Rachel, conversely, what is something that you're hating right now? Um, judgment. I hate just judgment in general. I'm like realizing that like shame and judgment is one of the worst it's the it's the pandemic Mm. the pandemic is us judging it's judgment because when we judge ourselves we're judging our true inhibitions to be authentic and then when we judge ourselves we don't we then start judging other people because we ourselves are not happy Mm. with ourselves we're judging ourselves Therefore, it makes it easier to be like expressing that like really negative feeling outwardly and being like judging other people and being like, I don't like this. And then when you're judging other people, there's someone else receiving Mm. that judgment. Mm. Someone else receiving that judgment. No one likes to be judged, right? Like everyone wants to be seen holy Mm. and be understood. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants Mm -hmm. to be understood. Mm. That's like one of the best like mantras that we can all think of as like a collective Mm -hmm. consciousness is like, we all want to be seen. Mm. Everybody does. Understanding that changes, colors the lens a little bit better when you like operate in the world Mm. and just go, you know what? This person's having a bad day. I see this person. They're not a bad person. They're just having a bad day. This person's thought and viewpoints, they're getting really defensive about it, but that's because they were always challenged about Mm. it. They felt judged Mm. by it. And then when we receive judgment, that becomes shame. And then that starts to internalize. And we are just in this very like toxic, every, we're all like in this really toxic cycle of like judging ourselves, then judging other people, then receiving judgment mm. from others because there's so much of it outside of us. And everyone's so angry all the time. And we sure, we have a lot of things to change. Right. We have a lot of things to overcome. And I don't think that, having a positive lens on the world at large, despite how broken it is, Mm -hmm. means that I am, um, means that it's like offsetting or that I don't care, Mm -hmm. but it's how do I have productiveness? Mm -hmm. How do I move things forward, not Mm -hmm. judge it and hold it back? Right. Mm. When judgment is present, it prevents things from moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Judgment is a big block. Yeah. So talks about progressive anything that we all need right now. Yeah. Talks about progressive woke thinking requires less yeah. judgment and more and empathy to like really move things yes, forward and like understand. There's a lot to mm-hmm. fight about, but you can't, you cannot get to the other mm-hmm. side of thinking if you're not empathetic mm-hmm. with it to understand I see how you think that and I hear you and I see it let's try to compromise yeah because mm. this is how I feel and I'm not going to challenge your thoughts I'm not going to challenge what you grew up with but I'm going to help you see my side and I think that this part is going to be productive for all of mm. us yeah. and I think when we start talking like that that's where real change happens but like we're always judging instead. We choose yeah. to judge. I mean, and that's yeah. not productive. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me yeah. so upset. That's what I hate right now. Right. I, no, I love that answer. I love that response. I mean, especially now, and thanks in part to the internet, like everything is so polarized yeah. and no one really wants to sit down and be empathetic and have difficult discussions because it's very binary now Mm -hmm. in my opinion where it's like you don't agree with me well then fuck off like you're wrong i'm gonna go hide into my section of my algorithm that only is gonna reaffirm whatever i believe in and yeah i mean on a personal level i i admit i can be pretty judgmental but if i take a moment to examine where that's coming from it's 99 percent of the time it's always comes from a place it's an aspect of myself that i don't like that Mm. i'm just like projecting onto other people Mm. yeah (sighs) <sighs> well, it's like I'm a, sorry to call you out. <laughs> that's all good. I, I, um, I also feel like well, that that's like a natural. I think that's just a natural mechanism. Like you know, you 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 do it to totally. other people, yeah. so you don't because like you you see the, like the internet mob and they're like, look at that guy. That that one person is racist, not me. Like you know, and it's like you're not even like introspective <laughs> enough to realize it's all of us. But I I really like your point about it being like. The art, like being like empathetic to the other side to to get to a resolution. It's not like you're trying to be like, mm-hmm. this guy sucks, and I'm gonna like be nice to him. You're you're trying to resolve the issue because if you 
if you don't, if you're not like empathetic, you're never going to get there. It's going to be right. And I think people are, um, might think that like me, like empathizing with the other side means that you Mm -mm. agree with them. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. And that's, I think that's a big deciphering thing. And I also want to, um, point out too that like me talking about this is me practicing right. it. Yeah. It's not me feeling like no. I'm good no, at it. No, sorry. Mm. But it's something I yeah. think about often and I'm constantly like practicing it and I'm like checking myself when I get a gut reaction where I want to like be defensive and be like, wait, wait, wait. I'm feeling mm-hmm. defensive right now because there's, there's something in between us or in mm. myself, between me and the outside world, between me and another mm-hmm. person. And it probably is, there's layers of shame. There's probably judgment somewhere in there. And I'm like, what is that before I move forward so I can have a thoughtful yeah. answer? And something I love, this saying that's like, um, I didn't have enough time to write you a mm. short letter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, lo- I love that approach. Like, sorry, this yeah. was so long. I didn't have enough time to write a short letter. Like, I love that because it does require like time to right. create thoughtful answers. Yeah, I, I love that yeah. that introspective way that you view that. I love it when somebody says, I have, I see this issue. And then they're also like, by the way, I know that I also am a part, you know, I'm also working on it. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people talk about yeah. it like it's over there. Do you know what I mean? But you're like, no, I, I'm like, I'm also saying I'm working on it. It's great. Yeah, I think we're all going to work. We all have to work on it. And like hopefully in three generations from now, like as we all work on it, it comes more baked into like the way we exist, especially as we talk about it more, especially as we all practice Mm -hmm. it more and become mindful of it and check each other. And like, like that's the world I want to live in. So that's the world I'm going to talk about until it manifests. But I know now that it's, that's not mm. the reality. And I know now that it's difficult to practice. Well, hopefully that. there's a world um, in three generations for that to be practiced on <laughs> with the global warming. <laughs> hopefully. True. True. <laughs> oh, and so the hopefully. next question we, um, listeners, we hide this answer behind the Patreon paywall. If you want to listen to Rachel's answer to what is something that you're ashamed of, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash feeling Asian and subscribe to hear her answer without further ado though rachel what is something that you're ashamed of well rachel thanks for uh for being so vulnerable and um you know experiencing all of this with us but uh you know we're at the end of this podcast and we want to leave you with one last question that we like to ask all of our guests and that is what is something you're proud of um i'm proud of this conversation I just said, I was like, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud to be a part of this. I'm proud of, um, yeah, I am proud of this conversation that we just had. I think it's beautiful and I think it's, it was productive and it got me thinking and I'll be proud to like share it Mm -hmm. with people because these are things that I've had brewing in my mind, but like have yet to like export it out of my self to this screen Mm -hmm. but like maybe to like partners and friends but um yeah i think i'm really proud of this last two hours we had thank you i i also feel like a lot of times the guests that we have on the podcast they um they will they will we'll have a conversation and they will say something like that they're like you know like i never get to talk about stuff like this and i think it's it's a great you know place and i'm really happy when we have guests on and they share their experiences and they're like wow i like you know this is like all the stuff that i really wanted to get off my chest and i'm really glad to have a have space <laughs> space to say it but it's also interesting like because we could just have these conversations in real life you know you know what i mean like it, it's so it's like why don't i have this conversation with my friends like these are things that i'm like interested in talking about so yeah it's an interesting right. practice <sighs> where, yeah, where can we find you on the internet? <sighs> where can our listeners find you? Okay. Um, I mean, I have a YouTube channel, which I haven't been posting as much. I have so many places to find me. Okay, so I have a YouTube channel, but um, yeah, go through my old stuff, I guess. I'm not that person as much anymore, but like I keep evolving. I have an online class with mm-hmm. I Love Creative, so I have a course out if you guys want to take that. I have an online community called Ward. It's on Slack. Um and then I guess like in the DMs on Instagram at that chic. So yeah, a lot of different ways to interact and uh, 
get involved with me. DM. Amazing. And <laughs> I guess. Uh, what about you, Young Me? Um, YM Mayor on social media and Young Me Mayor on TikTok. How about you, Brian? Uh, you guys can find me on socials at it's Brian Park, and uh, yeah, follow us, uh, follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcast. And thanks for listening. And the Patreon. And the Patreon. Patreon.com slash feeling Asian. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>